you are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, this is Connie and welcome to this week's episode of Awaken Radio. It is so beautiful to be back here with you and I am really looking forward to sharing today's conversation with you, which is going to be so fun and gorgeous and feminine and just delicious. I have no doubt about it. I brought on my guest, Claire Baker today, who uh, was a woman that her, her and I have connected, I think years ago through our blogs. And we only got to meet in person a few weeks ago when I went to a beautiful workshop of hers, which was called Adore Your Cycle. And I walked out of that workshop so blown away by what I discovered about uh, our menstrual cycles, how to work with our cycles as women and really honor our femininity and our feminine flow and how that really impacts our self-care and our creativity and our self-expression. And I was just like, I really want to bring Claire on the show and and talk to her about this because obviously not everyone had uh, the privilege that I had of going to a workshop with her. So I want to be able to share her message far and wide. Now, for those of you who don't know her, she is a certified coach, passionate writer and speaker, creator of the online program Wild, Well and Creative, and author of She is Radiant, your six-week wellness adventure to get glowy and feel rad. Claire guides vibrant women towards a life ripe with greater confidence, less stress, improved relationships and clear complexions. She'll have you throwing out the scales, booking the flight, launching the blog, and falling back in love with your life. Claire believes in the power of exquisite self-care for radical self-expression. Through her authentic and empowering blog, ebooks, online programs, and live workshops, you can consider Claire your personal advocate for living an energized, playful, and heart-centered life. Welcome, Claire. That is such a beautiful bio. (laughs) It sounds even more beautiful when you read it out, Connie. That was lovely. Thank you. Oh, so much heart and soul in there. It is so awesome to have you here. And I'm I'm really grateful that you've made the time to be here um, with me today and to share a little bit more about all the beautiful stuff I got to learn from you uh, in the workshop. Uh, I always love to begin with people just on a bit of a background on your journey and the path that you've walked to get to where you are today. Um, I know for you, as it is for many of us, it was our own, it's often our own personal struggles with things that are the catalyst for us to dig a bit deeper and learn about ourselves and and change our path. And I'd, I'd love to hear a bit about the journey that you've gone on, which brought you to being a health coach and teaching other women about really honoring their femininity and their, their cycles as well. I would love to share some more. So When I think back to a really pivotal moment in my life that helped to shape the path that I I took throughout my 20s, I have to go back to, say, 17. So I'm in year 11 at school and I started to feel really unwell and I actually started to become jaundiced. You know, my skin turned yellow, my eyes were yellow, I couldn't keep any food down, I was exhausted and I'd always been a really healthy and fit child and then suddenly became acutely unwell. And I was diagnosed with um, acute liver inflammation, which was sort of a shock and it was really strange and it really knocked me out. I, I was I had had months off school and um, felt like crap basically and doctors weren't quite sure exactly what it had been, perhaps some medication that I'd been on for my skin because I'd had quite bad acne um, and had been on the pill for a few years and perhaps that was just my body's response. I still don't really know what caused it, but a friend of my mum's gave her um, the liver cleansing diet book, which I just devoured because the, uh, my GP wanted to put me on some steroids and do biopsies and that sort of freaked me out. So I was ready to just take on really anything that would help me feel better. And I just dived right in. I was like juicing for the first time and discovered um, herbs and discovered whole foods and just a cleaner way of living than perhaps I had been. And my body responded really, really quickly. So within probably a month, all of my liver tests were back to normal. My skin looked amazing and I just, I felt better than I'd ever felt before. So that was my very first introduction to a holistic way of living and also healing. 
Mm. And once you know that stuff, you know, you can't, you can't really unknow it. Um, at the same time though, looking back, I do think it was perhaps the very first time that I began to start to pay attention to my body. I lost weight while I was doing it. And I, I think in some way as well, with the light comes the dark. I think that was perhaps the very beginning of my unhealthy obsession with my weight too. So I, while I continued to eat quite well all throughout my twenties, it started to become more so to look a particular way Mm. and I used food healthy foods to manipulate my yeah to manipulate my weight constantly detoxing cleansing and then partying a lot on the weekends and it was a very you know intense lifestyle it was Mm. weekends were very heavily you know alcohol partying drugs and then you know by Monday at work I'd be there with you know my liver cleansing teas and lemons and etc etc and that just went on for a really long time uh, I was also still taking a contraceptive pill and, you know, manipulating my hormones in that way. Uh, was working in jobs that I liked, but I wasn't particularly in love with. I had studied visual arts at university and then really once I started working full-time, completely ignored my creativity. Um, I was in and out of quite a few relationships with guys who, you know, had big hearts and still love them dearly but weren't the right guys for me and I was really just finding myself in a lot of situations where I was really unhappy but you know at the same time I was I was going on okay and that just went on and on and on until about 26 um, my brother was in a motorcycle accident which has left him with a severe brain injury and he's still unable to walk or talk. And at the time that just, it broke my heart and it completely shook my entire existence. I went from living in this sort of weird bubble where everything was okay, but not quite right and questioning things, but not really giving it anything, any time of day to suddenly everything just shattered. And when you experience such deep, pain and and you know when your worst fears sort of become your reality you can't ignore these things anymore and so in one hand it was a terrible horrible time and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone but at the same time it really was the catalyst for me actually starting to take my life seriously and to start to look at what was actually important to me and to let go of the things that just weren't serving me things that I'd been battling with myself over for years you know the body image stuff the drinking the you know the drugs the men it's just this ignoring my creativity ignoring the things that I actually wanted to do and started to just to do them again and I read discovered writing and my love for the creativity and I I really started to take care of myself in a way that I hadn't before and even you know coming from more from that place of love and that's when I enrolled in at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach it's when I really started taking my blog more seriously and it was it was such a you know a short period of time so many things changed so yeah that was in 2000 and um, the end of 2012 and since then it really has just been this ever-evolving process of letting things go and just doing more of what it is that I love so I began coaching and writing and um, as you said in my bio creating online programs and workshops and um, over the last couple of years my focus has really become on a personal note much more interested in women's health and our menstrual cycles because when I decided, as I said, to take my life a little bit more seriously and let go of things that weren't serving me, the pill was one of those things Mm. and I stopped taking the pill because it just started to feel really strange that I was taking this synthetic hormone every day to manipulate my cycle when I'd been taking you know such great care in other areas so I came off it and the process of of that that ad in itself has just been transformative for me getting to know my body's natural rhythms and cycles and learning how to flow with that rather than again against it and then taking that knowledge into um into my work with my clients and then as you said Connie the workshops that I've been recently doing as well so that's really what has yeah in a broad brushstroke way led me to where I am um right now Mm, I can relate to so much of your um journey particularly in the early days I was even talking to another guest about this on the show um just the other week where 
often when we're young and we're introduced to health in some shape or form, I was the same. I started seeing a naturopath when I was 19 because I had depression and stomach issues and skin issues and and all that jazz. And I was the same as you. I went completely extreme. Mm -hmm. And that was a catalyst for an eating disorder, which actually went on for a good Mm -hmm. couple of years, uh, where I think, and and I want to talk about this just briefly, because I'm sure there's a lot of women who are still in this space where they feel like they're being very healthy and clean, but it's extreme and it's controlling. And then there's the real body image issues that come up around that. Um, How did you kind of... How did you kind of come out of that? I mean, I know you started mm. to get into more of the self-care, but mm-hmm. I'm always interested about how we go from being in that place to then how we come into actually feeling okay with letting ourselves eat chocolate and drink wine when we're used to being like, I can only have clean food and only this amount of food, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's something I've been really reflecting on lately because I would also like to know the answer to that because mm. it has been such there, for me personally, there was not one particular thing at, at all. And, and often people ask me this question, how have you come to a place now? And I, I genuinely have. And even to say that blows my mind, that I am actually at peace with my body and at peace if I put on a little bit of weight, at peace if I lose a little bit of weight, at peace if I feel a bit bloated, at peace if my skin breaks out. Like I can't even believe that I'm saying that because I recently found a few journals of mine, Connie, from my like teens and early 20s. And it actually brought tears to my eyes reading the pain that I was in, reading this, the critical way I would speak to myself, the self-loathing and an obsession with, with my weight and with my, my body shape and my skin and just, oh, broke my heart to read, to reread that stuff. Um, so yeah, it actually even to hear myself saying that now that I have absolutely come to a place of, of peace with that is is amazing. For me, I really think that the very first time I fully understood this concept of love versus fear was around food and recognizing that, yep, I'd been eating well in inverted commas for a long time, but it had always been out of fear, out of fear of putting on weight, out of fear of what other people would think, out of fear of getting sick again, rather than being from a loving place, which says, you know, I I love and care for myself and I want to feel my best. That really meditating on that and writing about that and just taking every, it really was a moment to moment thing you know every meal like am I doing this from a place of love and getting excited about food IIN you know where I did my training to be a health coach really helped just learning to see food for for just being food and they encourage you to experiment with different types of diets and different ways of eating and just letting go a little bit of the control that I had around what I ate, which I was very restrictive and just trying new things and then recognizing, look, it is, to the end of the day, it is just food. Um, and how you feel about it is the most important thing. Then I think what's really been the icing on the cake in terms of, um, my body and really learning to accept and embrace my body has been the work that I've done around my menstrual cycle because you recognize when you realize what's happening hormonally and the changes that we experience every month, we cannot expect as women for our body to be the same and to be consistent all of the time. Our energy changes, our weight fluctuates, our skin responds to the changes in our hormones. We are so cyclical that when I realize that I'm never ever going to to really be the same weight every single day to the next. My skin will look different. My body is communicating different things to me at different times. That has really, I guess, sealed the deal for me mm. in terms of understanding what's actually going on and and to recognise that my weight, you know, that number on the scales has just absolutely zero correlation with my health. Mm. And I want women to really hear this from you and, and I, I'll second it as well that it is a real journey and that for both of us it sounds like it's taken a really long time to move through all the different levels of self-judgment and self-criticism and, and control. And, and I love what you're touching on now about this deeper honouring of our bodies and the fact that our bodies are constantly changing because I think back in that old way that we were both in and maybe some women are still in, 
where it's so controlling that we expect we're going to be the same and we set a rule around food or around exercise and we have to be able to stick to that for the next six months you know which Mm. what I learned about uh, through your work is that that's completely unrealistic for a woman um well not completely but it's not really um it's not really about that and I've got this sentence on your worksheet um the workbook you gave us at the, at the event and it said every single month our menstrual cycle gives us the opportunity as women to practice self-love self-care and self-acceptance and I love that because there's now an opportunity to understand what it means to be a woman and how to use that as a tool for self-acceptance. So let's start to go into that. As What was actually the catalyst for you to start to explore more about your own menstrual cycle? Great question. So as I mentioned briefly before, I came off the pill. So early 2013, sort of late 2012, I decided I wasn't going to to take it anymore. I'd been on the pill initially in the early days, say 15, 16, when I started taking it for my skin, I had quite bad acne and it was really, really very useful. I, I loved being on it because it cleared my skin. Uh, I kept it really, you know, generally nice and healthy and clear. I could control when I had my period. Mm. I could, you know, skip it for months at a time if I wanted to. I mean, of course it meant as a contraceptive, I wasn't at risk of falling pregnant. Um, it was great. I had no real issues with being on the pill. I know for some women they do experience um, mood swings or weight gain. I, you know, I didn't really, it was quite fine. And I was happy to just sort of be on it, you know, inevitably until I decided I wanted to have children in my mind. That was my my thoughts on it. And then it just started to feel weird and and wrong to take it. So I stopped and nothing happened. I didn't get my period back for another 12 months. So it's technically called post-pill amenorrhea and it's just essentially you know your body has been manipulated for such a long time that it just wasn't ready to to kickstart things right off again I mean I hadn't ovulated since I was probably 15 so at 26 uh, it just took a little bit longer than I expected and I can kind of laugh about it now but at the time it was terrifying Connie as you can probably imagine well, the same thing happened to me I did it completely yes. relate yeah I think it was between six to 12 months before I got mine back and it I mean it's scary isn't it I mean I really felt worried that I had uh, jeopardized my fertility in some way that maybe it would never come back you know what did I you know what had I been doing without even really thinking about it but it did it came back so I decided to see a Chinese a doctor of Chinese medicine in that time and I explored acupuncture and herbs and it was another opportunity for me and I really do I really do believe that we're only given these things because they are opportunities for us to learn more about ourselves and it was it was an opportunity for me to explore holistic healing on a whole new level and also you know self self love and self acceptance again and you know, without judging myself for having taken the pill for you know for a decade mm-hmm. to just let my body do its thing and so it came back about a year after having come off the um, come off the pill and it came back on a full moon which was pretty cool and pretty like exciting for my um my little spiritually minded uh being so it came back on a full moon and I was it was like a period party it was so (laughs) exciting oh my god I cried my boyfriend was so excited as well because he knew how long I'd been waiting for it to come back and he went out and bought me all these pads and tampons and chocolate and we like (laughs) it was actually such a celebration it was so great even though I was killed over in pain vomiting like it, it really knocked me around those first few cycles but I didn't it didn't even I didn't care I was just so happy to have it back and um it, it regulated itself quite quickly so it went pretty pretty quickly onto a 28 day cycle and uh, you know I started tracking it right away because I was just so excited about having a cycle again and I'd been learning so much about hormones and our natural cycles and I really just wanted to see how what mine did so I started tracking it at that point and just was blown away more just blown away by this whole new world after having been on a medicated cycle for a decade to suddenly experiencing a natural cycle I just 
I couldn't believe how different I felt week to week. And you know, the physical changes are what I probably noticed the most. You know, how my breasts increased in the second half of my cycle, my energy would wane, um, how I felt when I had my period just felt so different to how it felt having been on the when I'd been on the pill and having that withdrawal bleed. Experiencing ovulation and the the increased sexual energy that I had just not ever felt before. Um, it was just, there were so many things spiritually, how my energy seemed to shift throughout the month. And so I just dived right into that, tracking everything, reading books, speaking to, you know, other professionals and practitioners about what was happening and just starting to understand these different phases that we move through each month and how that affects us. And it really was a personal practice. I then started to chat about it with my clients because I could see, you know, if someone was feeling particularly deflated or wanting to kind of throw everything in and frustrated with their relationship or their job, just simply asking, well, you know, maybe what day are you on of your cycle? And if it was perhaps in, the, in that second half, just starting to see patterns that all right we are we really do move through these these changes um and it's it's really great thing so i started to work with my clients more and um and that's yeah that's what led to me to start creating these workshops and and um, have an ebook as well that i'm writing about it too because i just to me it's so important that we as women understand that we do move through these different um, phases and changes every month so yeah that's my personal journey with it up until this point and i still feel like such a beginner i still feel like every month i'm learning more and more and more it is just a never-ending adventure this one Mm, and you know i remember sharing with you at the workshop what my sort of biggest takeaways were and it was this whole new idea of having such a deep reverence for what it means to be a woman and really understanding ourselves and our bodies and same as you after being on the pill for I was on the pill for 10 years and also you know living in this very sort of masculine world I think we see and I I mentioned this at the workshop too we see sometimes being a woman is just a damn inconvenience because sometimes we're emotional and sometimes we're bloody bleeding and other times we're exhausted and you know I sometimes I've been like wow it is really hard going to get ahead in the world when you've got all this stuff going on in your body and emotionally all the time um but that was the real shift for me in the workshop was less of that being an inconvenience and getting frustrated and more about maybe this is an opportunity as you say for me to really get to know myself and really understand my body and what it means to be a woman and like, wow, right? Mm, Big, big wow, big wow. And as I said, this to me, it feels like this work is the icing on the cake because for a lot of women in my workshops have used the term, this feels like a missing, the missing key, Mm. you know, we've been doing this self-care, self-love, you know, work for quite a few years now. And now this is the missing key because this speaks directly to our experience of being a woman. Mm. So can I also just touch on, as I've been, I was reading on your website, you talk a bit about feminine energy and I want to go deeper into the cycle stuff, but I just want to touch on what you just said there about being a woman Um, and just further really explain this to people because I think sometimes we think we're being feminine and we're being a woman, but we're still working in the old masculine model and I I saw this sentence in one of your posts and it really jumped out at me and it said she changes her mind often and she follows her pleasure daily (laughs) and and also that we're created differently to men we are delicious cyclical creatures and to really understand that we shouldn't be aiming for perhaps consistency or this neutral calmness all the time that's kind of more of a masculine trait so how do we kind of function in the world, uh, you know, in this society while still allowing ourselves the freedom to be inconsistent or to pursue pleasure or to change our minds all the time? Because <laughs> I think a lot of us would st- still see them as weak qualities. Mm. Oh, I did. Absolutely, I did. For sure. And I, and again, as I said, reading back through my journals, there was just this uh, frustration with myself. Why can I not do the things this week that I could do last week? Why am I so indecisive? Why am I so chaotic? Thinking that mm. this, this chaos was a negative trait and that it was something that was going to hold me back. And I 
I know for a lot of the women I work with, there is this same judgment and criticism all the time. Why can I not do the things that you know, I could do previously, or why do I, you know, why do I feel this, this way? This experience of being a woman is something that I am, oh my God, I am so in reverence for the people who are teaching this work right now and for the teachers that I've had and for the books that I've been reading and just for the, the, this conversation now that we're having to recognize, guess what, ladies, it's actually okay to not do it like a dude, to not mm. be linear and to, to not be logical every day <laughs> of the month. So in terms of, you know, um, as you say, you know, still operating and, and being able to optimise this experience and to recognise that we, you know, we do have inconsistencies, it's important to, to at least begin to dive into this conversation of the feminine and masculine because I think I'd grown up always feeling quite, you know, feminine or whatever that word really meant to me, but I had definitely associated it with being a calm, serene, tranquil and very, very soft energy Mm. and then that was sort of it. And the masculine was more strong and powerful and the feminine was more subdued and soft. And as you start to read more into what the feminine actually really means, and for me, nature is the best example of that, looking at Mother Nature and looking at the way the seasons change, looking at how chaotic weather can actually be and how messy um, and completely Mm. unpredictable feminine energy you know actually really is I like to think of the masculine as almost being like a black outline square and then the feminine being like getting your textures and just coloring it all you know in inside and this like chaotic crazy energy because the feminine really brings the color you know and the flavor and the chaos and the masculine you know is the is the linear the structure the container so we need both but just recognizing for me this shift that feminine doesn't have to be you know necessarily tranquil and soft all the time and reading particularly the book Awakening Shakti by Sally Kempton Mm. this description of the different Hindu yogi goddesses and just the full spectrum of emotion and and color and range that these goddesses go through and I think we I was brought up in a Christian home and there is no there is no goddess to to understand and and worship and most women in christianity unfortunately have been portrayed as as being very typecast as either the virgin or the whore and so i'd really had had that in my mind if i wasn't if i wasn't you know virginal because i do have this chaotic energy well then it must be a negative thing it must be a whore and my god we could go into that even more but I, i won't say any more other than really starting to understand that in fact feminine energy is all colors and and all shades and it is chaotic and it is inconsistent and particularly working with nature and recognizing that there is a season for everything and nature is you know is sustainable she she works through cycles and it is a sustainable way of living rather than expecting us to be full throttle all month ticking boxes kicking goals in in fact that there needs to be phases for rest and for planting seeds and for pulling back and for nurturing and then for harvesting and then for bringing things to fruition and then for editing and for you know flowing with that rather than expecting each day to be the same one to the next Mm, and I want to touch on a little bit about these cycles that you uncovered um, when you were when you began looking into it and really understanding the different energies that we're moving through week by week but before I do that I I, um, I think understanding our feminine energy means understanding all of its different expressions. Like mm-hmm. I find sometimes I really enjoy being that kind of very um, polished, refined, kind of modern, clean feminine. I just, I like how that feels. And other times it's so messy. It's like, I don't want any makeup. I want my hair in a top knot. I want crazy leggings and, and music. And Mm -hmm. it's actually like all these different expressions of her come through at different times. And, and I'm actually learning that's okay, that we're not one or the other. And you've probably found it with your clients. I've talked to my clients and they find it so refreshing to know they can be such different expressions of their feminine at any time. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. When you realize that, look, how do I, how does she want to be expressed today? How does my feminine feel today? And getting back into our bodies, I think is, is the first step really to doing that, getting out of our heads, back into our hearts, into our body, you know, move movement and exploring the senses again. You know, we've spent so much time, you know, taught to value our, our logic and our, our intelligence, which is important. But then there's, you know, the emotional intelligence and learning to value our irrational, emotional, mm. illogical side too. And, yeah, like you say, to explore all expressions. Um, I love that. Mm. So would you mind giving my listeners, now I know there's so much, I mean you run a whole three-hour workshop on this and we're not going to dive into it all, but just a really little nice helicopter overview of um, maybe even just the seasons around Mm -hmm. our cycles, just to give people a starting point if they're wanting to learn more about um, what you discovered. Absolutely. So... We, um, as I said, we move through we move through different phases, and I like to use the seasons. As I was just explaining to me, nature is just such a beautiful example of how I would like to live my life, and the seasons really resonate with me. So, there are different phases in a woman's menstrual cycle. If we're going to use the correct terms, we've got um, the follicular phase, which takes us, you know, from day one of our cycle up until when we start to begin to ovulate. Uh, that's around the middle of the cycle, around day 14. On average, a woman will come, can expect to ovulate in that time, and that's our ovulatory phase. Then that then takes us, if we don't fall pregnant, if um, we don't conceive in that time, then that takes us into the luteal phase, which brings us right down to the end of the cycle. So when I first began to work with my menstrual cycle and understanding what was happening, I used those three phases and I could really feel the changes in that follicular phase, that increasing energy at ovulation. I could definitely feel that I was ovulating and, um, and then taking it into that luteal phase as I could feel the energy beginning to wane. So that might work for a lot of people, just using those three terms. And, um, you know, then, of course, menstruation, the bleeding phase. But what I really loved about it is using the seasons as a lens to understand what is happening. So menstruation, the the week, you know, perhaps a little bit less depending on our cycle when we're bleeding, is our winter So if you think about winter outside, it's, you know, the season itself is very dark. It's, it's a time of death. Most trees have lost their leaves at this time. It's a very calm and serene season. Um, A lot of people hibernate and go inside. It's not particularly a very social season. And it's often represented by, you know, by the crone, by the older woman in our society. And so this is the, this wise wisdom that we have access to when we're bleeding. And I like to use this time to really stop, you know, when we're bleeding, our hormones are at their absolute lowest. So we actually do not have the energy um, to really be going full throttle. Like we'll have in a couple of weeks. So I like to take advantage of this time to stop, to pull back, to give myself rest, whether that is from work or whether it's just from, you know, the gym, whether it's from social media, there's always something we can kind of let go of. So it's really a time of release and of letting go. And we can use this time to uh, to tap into our intuition, into our wisdom, to go quiet and silent and to really listen to our heart and to listen to the um, to the guidance that's coming in from from you know, our spiritual selves. It's a time where I can actually meditate when you know, normally I, I do struggle a little bit with meditation at different times of the month, but this is a time where I find it really easy. And in fact, the whole world seems to almost be like a dreamlike state. If we do actually take the chance to switch off, it's incredible how um, how connected we can feel to, to nature and to ourselves um, when we're bleeding. And it can actually be a really pleasurable time if you let yourself really sick into that and to just pamper absolute bejesus out of yourself so that's our winter then imagine imagine spring like imagine a feeling of spring outside that first hit of sunshine on your skin after a you know a dark and cold winter there is just nothing like that feeling and a lot of women can really relate to this feeling of those couple of days the end couple of days of bleeding 
that feeling of just like stepping back out into the world. And so this is our spring, the pre-ovulatory phase leading from our menstruation right up until when we start to begin to prepare for ovulation. So this is a really fun season. Um, It's a really easy season to enjoy being in. Naturally, our body is quite light. There is increasing estrogen, but there's not really an increase in progesterone at this time. So we feel quite light in our bodies. Um, we're very, we can be very productive in this time. So I usually do quite a bit of planning in those last couple of days of winter, first couple of days of spring to plan for the next cycle. And we can take any of the wisdom that we gained during our winter into our spring and really start to, um, to step back out into the world, to start working on new projects, um, and to start to bring, starting to bring things to life. So we can really look at this as being a creative cycle. And if we we were planning on having a baby it's preparation you know to conceive to create life and if we're not planning on having a baby then we can also use that energy to bring other things to life you know mm-hmm. projects and business plans and ideas um spring then takes us right up into our summer so it is a continuum and we move each day you know into the next you know part of that phase and as we move into summer this is when we're really fertile so naturally our body wants us to fall pregnant that's what it's you know the menstrual cycle is designed to do on a biological level so our libido increases we naturally want to be around people we might you know really want to be with our partner at this time and feel quite loving and affectionate and turn on. Um, it's a time of the month where I feel the most extroverted. So I'll plan my workshops during this period. I'll, I just naturally want to be around people, whether that's through work or personally, this is a really great time to, to be with family and friends, to, you know, to plan more. I can generally work longer hours in this time. We get a nice bump of testosterone too as estrogen peaks as well. So our hormones are really supporting us to be this superwoman almost, um, you know, we, we can work longer hours, you know, we can be around people. We're more tolerant We're we look great. Our body is supporting us to look excellent because well, it wants to mate and it wants to create life. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women love the spring and summer because we're productive. They're the most, the two most masculine yang phases of the cycle, which is also interesting that these are the two that we do seem to value quite highly. Um, there's a youthfulness as well. And in the fresh new energy about that first half of the menstrual cycle so they're easy phases to love um often once we once okay so say you know ovulation and testosterone has has peaked but we haven't actually conceived then we don't need those hormones and they begin to drop as progesterone has increased and that can often make us feel quite emotional as progesterone then drops, so we get this drop in this next third phase, we can feel like absolute crap. And it's often why a lot of women do experience um, PMS. I really feel that drop. I really feel that hormonal drop of having this peak of our cycle where we're feeling really excellent and strong. And then suddenly it's like, I don't want anyone near me. We enter, this is our autumn, you know, it's like, get away. I cannot deal with people. We don't have the same focus or the same logic that we perhaps had in our spring. Our emotions really begin to heighten. And I like, my God, I like crying every ad that comes on TV in my autumn. I'm so emotional. And I really struggled with PMS when I first got my natural cycle back and I had never really had any issues with it before and I really, really struggled with it. But learning to understand what our body, again, is communicating to us through our emotion and through um, this intelligence that we have in this period is has just been so transformative for me. So our autumn is about letting go. So in summer, we brought things to fruition. Autumn, if you think about the season, leaves are falling from the tree. You know, we're letting go. We're preparing for winter. What we don't need is is just being is being let go. It's being released. And when you can tap into that energy, you know, this notion of doing a life edit at this time of being really honest with yourself, you know, not taking any bullshit. And when we're not aware of that, it can manifest in arguments with our partner. It can manifest in frustration at work, um, frustration with other people, and frustration with ourselves. But when we can observe and prepare and know okay cool so 
autumn's coming up, I'm going to maybe take my foot off the pedal a little bit, or I'm going to make sure that I've got some time to myself this coming week to journal and to, to get clear on a few things. And maybe I need to ask my partner to, to walk the dog or to, you know, to give me a hand with a couple of things around the house or take the kids out for it so I can get a bit of peace and quiet for a little bit and have a bath, pamper myself in my autumn oh my God, my, you know, my whole experience with PMS has just shifted so much by just having that awareness and really in the reverence as well, you know, for this, again, this chaotic feminine energy that we're really taught to, to, you know, to demonize and not to value and rather by honoring it. Um, it's just, I love it. I actually love my autumn now, which again, I never thought I would say. So that then it takes us right back into our winter. So if we've done the work in each of the seasons and we've, we've had a look at autumn and we've reflected on, you know, what did we bring to life? What did we create in this past cycle? What were our experiences? And then be, you know, to be honest with ourselves, well, this is working. This isn't working to use that time, this yin period. So if our spring and our summer are our yang, then our autumn and our winter are our, the yin half of the cycle which is all about our relationship with ourselves and so if we use our autumn and our winter to again get clear on what's important to us to nurture our relationship with ourselves then you know we get a whole nother cycle once that spring hits again and we get that energy we can take start to take action on all of the wisdom that we've gained in that yin period so it is a continuum and then we get an opportunity every month to dive into it again so that's a very broad overview mm. of um, of the seasons. Mm. And you can imagine, I mean, as most of us women have been, without a knowledge of this, without an understanding of what's going on, you can actually feel crazy, which is why I think a lot of women do feel like that. And then because they're not understanding themselves, they fear being misunderstood by their partner or by other people too. And it's, it's a really scary, confusing time. Um, but yeah, but coming to understand this stuff, I've even just been reflecting uh, in this cycle, I noticed, I could feel the distinct uh, shift in hormones from summer to autumn. Like I felt mm-hmm. the drop and yep. that was this, cause obviously um, I think your workshop was about a month ago. I've been able to go through a full cycle since then and to feel it. And, and cause I noticed the past couple of days, I went from that really high motivated, you know, efficient energy to just a bit of feeling quite introverted. Want to have a bit, I was quite teary and a mm-hmm. lot of the letting go but because I have an awareness of it now, I'm like, oh, cool. I've just shifted into my next season and now I need to shift my approach. It's, it's so empowering. Um, can we talk about that PMS period, which is probably out of all of the areas, the one that the people struggle with the most? What are your favorite self-care practices around that time? Or what do you recommend for women about, because we've got to be adjusting our self-care practices, right? Every, mm. every season. So what's really important during that PMS or that autumn time? Mm, absolutely. I love that. Adjusting our self-care practices according to the seasons mm. and being a continuum, the way that we, the way that we, you know, treat ourselves and respond to our different seasons in each season will, will continue to affect, you know, the next. So, what I really find is that if I take advantage of my spring and my summer and I do take action on things and I do, you know, bring things to life and, um, and I have my social time and I've really taken advantage of, of those particular seasons and I've spent time with my partner and when autumn comes, I'm really ready for it. I'm naturally quite an introverted person. So I find that if I really take advantage of that extroverted energy in spring and summer, and that will look different for everybody, but if you do take action on in those times, when the yin period comes, then you know we're ready to start to sink into it. Having that awareness is the absolute number one thing that is the most important. So if we're aware, okay, great, around say day 19 or 20, I know that I generally start to want to take some time out for myself. So we can plan ahead. So planning ahead is absolutely imperative that we do this so that we can see this is when I can expect to start to feel more, um, yeah, more, more reflective, perhaps a little bit more emotional. How can I structure my life around that? So that's definitely the first thing in terms of self-care practices that we can do at this time. I really love journaling. And I think any way that you can be, um, you know, creative and, um, reflective and expressive in this period is great. So for you, that might mean, 
uh, photography. Maybe that's a, a really great creative outlet or painting. Um, I really love journaling and I find in this period is when I really do get some, some heavy stuff comes up, but it's really important that we go there and that we learn to value this, you know, deeply often dark and intense emotional aspect to our personalities. So I just go there. I hit the journal like every single day in my autumn and, and also in my winter, because I know that I have access to, to a part of myself that I don't get in my spring and in my summer when I'm, it's much more about others. So journaling is great. I'm all for just you know, hitting the bath, getting in the bath of an evening, a hot bath, bubbles, like totally going over the top on the pampering, candles, music, watching, watching Eat, Pray, Love or, mm-hmm. you know, Bridget Jones or whatever you love to like, just totally whatever you feel like doing in this time that's going to make you feel really nurtured and nourished asking for help is a big one I often don't feel like really giving anyone anything so asking for help communicating to your partner in advance that from you know from autumn in this premenstrual phase I'm probably going to need a little bit of time out to myself to just enjoy my own company um, and to be able to be given that space is really really, really important. So this, yeah, it does mean being vulnerable and it does mean asking for help and and bringing others in on this journey and sharing the seasons with them, whether it's colleagues, your children, um, girlfriends, and being able to support each other at different phases of your cycle too. A couple of other things that I know have, have helped me is absolutely sugar. If I'm eating a lot of sugar, I will feel it big time at my premenstrual and menstrual phases. I will, my body will let me know big time that I've been um, overindulging in too much sugar. Also alcohol, um, drinking at our premenstrual phase can result in greater cramping and um, and more pain when we're bleeding as well. So being mindful of, co- you know, cool contracting food. So sugar, alcohol, um, quite a lot of meat, things like that can start to create an environment which um, can yeah, accentuate our cramping when we're bleeding. And then this is totally unique to, as well to everybody and everyone has different experiences with different types of food. So tracking and being aware of what you know, what could potentially be triggering um, greater pain or discomfort while we're bleeding can often be connected to the foods or the habits um, that we're engaging in in our premenstrual time and this all comes down to tracking and it can be really illuminating for me sugar uh, has been a big one and alcohol exercise at pms can be really useful too so even though it might feel like the last thing that you actually want to do because your energy is is waning and often our body becomes heavy and swollen and really bloated i really find that a good sweaty yoga session or big long walks in nature actually helps to shift a lot of that that chaos and just helps me to to get it out of my body um and being in nature absolutely being sitting by the ocean when you're feeling particularly premenstrual can be incredibly healing too so getting outside getting your feet on the grass all of these things are just going to help ground you and reconnect you back in with yourself Mm. and it's just that self-support isn't it where you where you understand your body and you know what you're moving through you know where you're at you you know how to respond to your body and I think I said this in the workshop it's a it's a shift from us kind of having our schedules and making ourselves kind of fit into it versus what you teach which is almost creating your work schedule even your social commitments around your own personal cycle Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Just structuring your life, planning your life as much as you can around your own natural rhythm and flow and taking advantage of the different, you know, the menstrual magic that we have available to us in each phase. It just, I mean, it makes so much sense and no, our, our, our society and our lifestyles perhaps aren't geared towards that naturally, but there are things that we do have control over. There are certainly things we can let go of or things that we can experiment with and each cycle is just another opportunity to maybe try you know a different approach and just see what happens 
Mm, I love that. Claire, this has been such a beautiful conversation. You know, it's even rehearing all of this stuff again is just further confirmation. And, and like I said, I walked away from, from the workshop last time and I've had sort of a full cycle to really bring a lot of awareness to my body now after everything I learned from you and even one cycle in it's, it, it is, it's a deeper self-connection. And I think right back to what you and I first began talking about when we're having all these struggles with our body, whether it's skin or digestion or health or weight. Um, this is the, this is that deeper level, I think, mm. of, of self-love practice that, that really starts to heal so much of that, um, that other stuff that's been going on for years. I really do believe that. I really do. I, I we can't ignore it. And as as women's coaches and writers and anyone that's working with women, you just you can't ignore it. It's so it's such an important piece in the puzzle. This conversation about menstruation and, and bleeding, and it has to be it has to come more you know into the conversation on a mainstream level as well. And to recognise that we are we're built we're built differently to men physically, but this is a really great thing Mm. and that we can really embrace it and love love this this process that we move through every month Mm, and love being a woman too Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah yeah claire can you share with my audience uh where they can find out more about you and your work and and perhaps also what you've got coming up what what can people expect Mm. from you Absolutely. So you can find me over online at my website at uh, www.thisislifeblood.com. Um, on Instagram I'm and Facebook, I'm under Claire Baker. And also on Twitter, which I've just recently started using again. So that's just underscore Claire Baker underscore. I've actually got a, an ebook on this topic of Adore Your Cycle coming out in the next month-ish, so by mid-June, I should hopefully have that up and ready to go. And that's just going to take this conversation even deeper. A lot of reflections and reviews from the from the workshop, all of the work that went into the workshop, plus more. I've got some really great practitioners bringing some of their advice and ideas and suggestions for self-care for each phase into the book too. And I'm really, really excited about it. I've got an illustrator working on some menstrual muses for it as well, and it's just going to be beautiful so that's coming up really soon and um, my online program as well wild well and creative um, that's um, we'll be running again in the next few months too so you can find out all of the information for enrollments and for getting a copy of this ebook um, on my website in the um, yeah by signing up to my newsletter and getting my uh, fortnightly kind of ish updates as well <laughs> beautiful thank you so much for your time I yeah I'm so excited to share this message with my with my audience and for them to do uh, to learn more about it themselves and and also to dive into your book so they can have an even deeper understanding and do their own personal work around it um so thank you so much for your time it's been so nice talking to you i've loved it thank you so much connie a real pleasure and thank you to everyone who's been tuned into this week's episode i can't wait to chat to you again next time thanks so much guys bye